Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host RJ McCready and for this episode I've actually got a listener request. It's from Dan Bone from the podcast on Haunted Hill and he has asked me if I could go back to the year in 1996 to have a look at Tom Berenger's The Substitute which is a high school action adventure movie. So I said yeah let's do that. So um, let's go back to 1996. Let's go back to I think it's Columbia High School. Let's play a trailer and I'll see you guys soon. What were his exact words? Then if I didn't back off, I wish I did. I can't boot him out without definite proof of wrongdoing. This guy is dangerous. I've been so happy to see anybody in my whole life. What's going on? My students are trying to kill me. My name's Smith. I'm a substitute. Hi, Paul I'm the principal. Oh, good to meet you. You're not uh, one of our regular subs. Yo, Freddy Krueger, knock it off. It's not a manicure shop. I'm in charge of this class. You ever been shot? Mr. Whatever your name is? Yeah, I've been shot. Who is he? The other day I was talking and I just happened to glance back and where's this thing happened? What? They were listening. Wait till he's off school grounds. I don't want to kill him right off. Life's a chess game, Juan. This is a crucial move. I want you to think it over. When we're done, I want you to say I'm sorry. No talking in the library. And welcome back guys. So the synopsis for this film is Mercenary Shao's team is retired after a covert mission in Cuba. He becomes substitute teacher at his teacher fiancé's Miami High School to get those behind kneecapping her. And he gets his covert team to help him along the way. It's got a 114 minute runtime and it's classed as a action crime drama. It was directed by Robert Mandel, who is an American film producer and director, and he's also done a lot of television work for like the X-Files, but he's best known for another high school movie called School Ties, which um, launched the careers of Brendan Fraser, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and Chris O'Donnell. And the film was uh, written by an American or an independent American filmmaker called Roy Frumekis. Frumekis? I think that's how you pronounce his name. <laughs> And this is worth a mention, he actually did a documentary for George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead. And he also directed the sort of cult black comedy Street Trash from 1987. That's a pretty crazy movie as well, the old Viper. The old homeless dude on the toilet flushing himself away there. So it's another one worth checking out from the 80s. And the film was backed by one of my favourite film studios, which is Orion Pictures. And I've mentioned this uh, studio before on the show, and they've done some serious movies. I mean, you know, Terminator, Robocop, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Platoon, Return of the Living Dead. I mean, you know, it's, as I said before, when I was <laughs> back in the 90s, I'll see Orion Studios come on the screen. You, you, you're more or less guaranteed that you're going to watch a good movie. 
And the substitute being one of those, because it didn't do too bad either at the box office. Um, it was done on a fairly low budget. It took, um, I think, double its money back, which then spawned um, three sequels. I didn't realise it had three. I knew it had a sequel. I didn't realise it had three when I had a look. And um, Tom Berenger handed over the torch to Treat Williams. You know, he's, he's one of those guys. You know, he is... One of those actors that you don't talk about that much, but when you mention his name, everybody seems to know he is. Um, he's a bit of a character. Uh, he plays a good action hero. He was in a film called Deep Rising. He was in an 80s movie called Dead Heat, where his partner gets killed and comes back to life. And he plays a character called Roger Mortis. There you go. And the funny thing that's worth mentioning as well is that um, when he came back for these sequels, I love the little um, tang lines they got at the end. I've got to read these out. So you've got the Substitute 2, which has got the Tang line, schools out. Substitute 3, winner takes all. <laughs> and the Substitute 4, failure is not an option. You know what I mean? This is all starring Treat Williams. You know what I mean? It's almost like someone's gone, if he's going to be in this movie, we've got to do these lines at the end. So I haven't seen them, but um, they're probably a lot of fun. And like I say, he is one of those guys, it's like once you start talking about him, you can't stop talking about him. And there was even a t-shirt of Treat Williams kicking around online saying, watch out because I might say Treat Williams or something like that. So there you go. Anyway, he was in the sequels to these films. So let's get back to the original movie with Tom Berenger because I think I've mentioned Treat Williams more than I've mentioned Tom Berenger. So let's get back here because he's taking the shine off it. <laughs> So anyway, back to the movie, let's have a talk about the cast. So yeah, actually this film does star Tom Berenger. <laughs> and it's also got um, Ernie Hudson, he's a legend. I love Ernie Hudson, he's from Ghostbusters. Yeah, I think he's in The Crow. Uh, he's one of those guys, again, you know, whatever he turns up in, his screen time is awesome. And he actually plays the villain in this. I forgot he played the villain in this movie. Uh, Diane Verona, Glenn Plummer, Mark Antony... Lurie Guzman and William Forsyth. So that's some of the cast, to name just a few. And just going back to Tom Berenger, like I say, he's um, he's iconic. Um, I seem to remember him in Platoon, and there's another film that he was in, which I just posted the other night, called Deadly Pursuit with um, Sidney Poitier. And he's like an action hero in that, so... Um, and just going back to Platoon, obviously he plays the psychotic sergeant in that. He's quite a brutal character in that. But the funny thing is, is that in this, he is a ex-Vietnam War veteran, I think. Yeah, I think he is. And it's almost like he is playing that sergeant from Platoon in this movie as a, you know, covert operative guy who's, you know, become a substitute teacher. So you could almost tie those two together in like another world, so... Or in the world of R.J. McCready, that's how my mind rolls most of the time. <laughs> and just before I move on, I've got a, um, I've just found a little bit of a review here on the actual sequels here with Treat Williams. I know I'm going to go back to it, we're just going to read this out. So this guy's come out and said that the titles change and the superficial details of the stories change, but it's always about the same thing. Heavily armed men shooting at one another. Even the order of their deaths is the same. First the extras die, then the bit players, then the featured actors, until finally only the hero and the villain are left. <laughs> God. 
Well, there you go. That's pretty much the main plot for every 80s action movie right there. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, nice one. That's a pretty good uh, response from the uh, film critic there. So, I thought I'd read that one out. But, um, so we've done the cast, we've done the sequels, done the production. Let's have a talk about other films because this isn't the only high school music that was rolling around at that time. You also had The Principal from 1987, I think, with James Belushi and Louis Gossett Jr. That's a pretty good film, so another good action movie. And you also had Michelle Pfeiffer's Dangerous Minds, which I think was around about this time in the 90s, which has kind of got the same plot, but with sort of less action, obviously. And it's more of a siege movie. It's one that I reviewed recently, which is uh, Toy Soldiers. But I thought I'd mention that because it's all high school based. So you've got the siege, you've got the action, you know, and now you've got this one where the teacher takes on the kids in the school. So, um, yeah, there is that sort of genre that, that rolls around in Hollywood. So let's have a look at a bite-sized review of this film. So it starts off with our main character, Jonathan Shaw, which is played by Tom Berenger, and he is a mercenary and a ex-Vietnam War veteran. He returns home to Miami after a botched covert operation in Cuba, in which three of his men die. And after returning from this mission, he goes back to his girlfriend's apartment, uh, Jane Hertzko, and he surprises her. And she tells him that she's working at high school where there is a considerable gang problem. And one of the gang members in the class has a particular problem with uh, Tom Berenger's girlfriend in this movie. And he's a leader of the KOD, Kings of Destruction. And while she is jogging home one morning, she is attacked by one of the gang leaders and has her leg broken. And as a result of this, this prompts um, Xiao to go undercover as a substitute. But he's kind of killing two birds with one stone here. He's going undercover to um, fit in for his girlfriend. But he's also going undercover to see if he can infiltrate this uh, school game. Because he believes that they have a involvement in a large shipment of drugs. And in order to boost up his credentials as a school teacher, he phones up one of his friends who's uh, CIA, he's got um, computer tech equipment and he can change everything on the system. And I think he has himself as Ivy League educated and he says, oh, uh, give me a name, give me something different, something that, a name that we don't use a lot. And he just goes, how about James Smith? Oh yeah, that's a name that doesn't get used a lot. <laughs> So then Shao arrives at the Columbus High School and he's taken aback by all the low conditions and he's unable to control the class. They're rude, they play the music, they point the finger at him, they talk back at him. He's trying to conduct a lesson, he gets a coke can thrown at him whilst he's writing on the board. But then the second time that happens, someone throws a coke can and he turns around quick reaction takes hold of it and he throws it back in the face of the student he goes bang he cuts the face of this dude he gets unhappy about it and then another student reacts and gets up and he starts uh, threatening uh, Shao and then Shao goes up to him and says do you, yeah do you want some then and then he takes hold of this guy's hand he pins him down into like a sort of like a military tactic lock onto the floor and then he breaks his finger and as a result of this, he's got the attention of all the students, funny enough, after doing this. And he tells these two guys to go and see the nurse and go and sort them out. And then he comes out and says, does anybody else want to go and see the nurse? But as a result of this, this unruly class suddenly started to behave itself and they start listening to him. And then he starts telling them stories about the Vietnam War, how he's involved in it. 
and he turns around and says, does anybody know about the Vietnam War? And one of them goes, isn't that in Korea? And he goes, ah. <laughs> and then whilst all this is happening, one of the uh, security guards runs to Ernie Hudson, the principal, and they say to him, oh, there's some uh, something kicking off in the uh, in Shao's classroom. So then the principal runs to the class and he looks and he thinks everything's kicking off and he's surprised to see that Shao actually has it under control. And amongst one of his students in the class is Lucas, who is the head honcho of the Kings of Destruction game. So Xiao has his first day at school, but at the end of it, uh, he is then warned by the principal not to use these methods whilst teaching. And Xiao tells the principal to go and stick it, basically, and says, there's no way I'm going to do that. He says, it's my rules. I've got the class under control. And even the principal wants him to go and apologise to those two students, which he basically took out. And he says, no, nah, I'm not doing that either. And then over the course of the time with Xiao being at school, he kind of uh, gains a lot of respect through the kids in the class. He starts telling them about his gang involvement back in the 50s, his involvement in the Vietnam War, the fact that he's been shot, he's been in combat. And all these things, it kind of makes him a more respected character. Even some of the kids around the school like him. And he friends another school teacher called Daryl Sherman. But as time goes on, Shao becomes more suspicious about the way the school is being run by the principal. So he starts setting up surveillance characters. He gets some of his other covert operatives to come in as undercover electricians. They set up cameras. And as a result, he starts to discover that the pupil in his class, Lucas, had actually orchestrated the attack against his girlfriend and he is working with the principal to distribute cocaine around Miami with a major narcotics ring. And you get a pretty cool scene here where uh, Shao believes that he's been sussed out by the principal and he knows that Lucas has been ordered to go and attack him. So you get him, he puts on a, a bulletproof vest, he's armed up with a gun and he goes to walk out of school just as normal with his briefcase. He's got his glasses on and his suit and he walks out the exit and there's Lucas with several of his other gang members. And so Shao, he runs away, goes back into school and he gets the gang members to follow him in. But this is all tactically led. He goes back up to the classroom, hides his gun and he's waiting there. The gang come in and he takes more. And it's a funny scene here where he starts getting out of the books. He goes... You need to learn a little bit more geography, don't you? And he just chucks one of the books at uh, Lucas, hits him in the head. And he takes them all and gives him a good old punch up. But then one of the gang members shoots Shao and he falls down to the floor and it hits his bulletproof vest. But then he gets back up and he takes them all and he breaks one of their legs and, he, and then he starts chucking them out the window. And one of them falls past the principal's office and then this is where the principal gets onto the phone. He's thinking, this is great. That must be Shao that's been taken out. He goes to call the police, but then another body drops down. He's going, what the hell? And then Shao, he drops all the gang members out of the classroom and takes them all on. It's a great scene. And so now Shao has stirred the hornet's nest. And to stir it a little bit more, he gets his covert members to go and infiltrate a drug deal in the harbour. And there's a drug exchange. There's some firefights. They manage to get the drugs. Shao disposes of it into the water and he takes the money, he takes the drug money, he kills a few of the drug dealers. And then he goes back to the school and he buys new equipment for the school, he buys them new um, computers, sports equipment. And it's becoming very popular amongst the uh, students, he's very well liked and this angers the principal and it angers him even more that he knows that 
He is also infiltrating his drug ring. But then later that day, one of the other school teachers, Sherman, he witnesses a load of drugs being loaded onto a school bus. And he actually sacrifices himself. He gets killed by, I think it was Lucas, in order for one of the other students to get away and let Shell know what's happened. And then whilst all this is happening, the uh, school principal has ordered an attack on Shell and and this is ordered by causing Shao's car to crash and they think he's all dead until he turns up the next day at the school and then this is to the surprise of the principal. And now Shao has been informed by the uh, student witness that the other school teacher had been killed and that the drugs have been loaded onto the bus and this is sort of setting up the final showdown here and what you get here is a standoff between Shao and his covert operatives and the KOD gang and they were pretty well loaded up with some pretty heavy firearms, body vest, the whole thing turns into like almost like a sort of siege movie so all you've got left at the school, all the students have left except Shao and his team and the KOD gang so you've now got like a firefight between them. And you get about 10-15 minutes of action here, you get firefights, you get some uh, pretty cool scenes here and you are left with just Shao and one of his, own, one of his other team members um, because most of his team get wiped out but they take out all the KOD including Lucas and the school principal. And that's really how the film ends, it just ends with Shao and his buddy Joey, they're like the sole survivors, they take him on the whole gang, they stop this drugs ring, you got them walking out and they've gone walking down the street and they both say maybe we should uh, become substitutes more often and that's it that's how the film ends but um on the whole that's pretty good you know it's a pretty good action movie i mean the the action at the end of this film is very sort of almost typical sort of 80s action it pretty much does what it says on the tin you pretty much know where you're going to get here but um you know this film he, he spends a little bit of time in the classroom at the beginning which is pretty cool you know shows all his moves and takes on all these um unruly kids but ultimately the substitute is a action movie about a drug cartel and all that so there you go and as i said at the beginning of the film it actually uh, spawned a few sequels as well so <laughs> there you go guys um hope you enjoyed that um i will be back soon for another episode and i'll be turning the bat time back to 1960 i think next time it's going to be jason the argonauts a bit of uh, ray harryhausen so look out for that one and for a bit of show admin, I am a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network, so please go and check out all the other great shows on there. I will play a promo at the end. And um, I've got a Facebook page, so check that out. Post anything on there, anything you want me to have a look at, let me know. And um, you can find Bite Size Cinema on iTunes and YouTube and several other players if you put in Bite Size on the internet. So there you go, guys. Um, thanks for listening. Keep it bite-sized, keep it safe, and I will see you guys soon.
If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. The Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.